Section five of Tarzan the Terrible by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter five In the Coriul Griff. As Tarzan fell among his enemies, a man halted many miles away upon the outer verge of the morass that encircles Palul Don naked he was except for a loin-cloth and three belts of cartridges two of which passed over his shoulders crossing upon his chest and back while the third encircled his waist slung to his back by its leathern sling-strap was an enfield and he carried too a long knife a bow and a quiver of arrows he had come far through wild and savage lands menaced by fierce beasts and fiercer men yet intact to the last cartridge was the ammunition that had filled his belts the day that he set out the bow and arrows and the long knife had brought him thus far safely yet often in the face of great risks that could have been minimized by a single shot from the well-kept rifle at his back what purpose might he have for conserving this precious ammunition in risking his life to bring the last bright shining missile to his unknown goal for what, for whom, were these death-dealing bits of metal preserved? In all the world, only he knew. When Panat Lee stepped over the edge of the cliff above Koryul Lull, she expected to be dashed to instant death upon the rocks below. But she had chosen this in preference to the rending fangs of jaw. Instead, chance had ordained that she make the frightful plunge at a point where the tumbling river swung close beneath the overhanging cliff, to eddy for a slow moment in a deep pool before plunging madly downward again in a cataract of boiling foam and water thundering against rocks into this icy pool the girl shot and down and down beneath the watery surface until half choked yet fighting bravely she battled her way once more to air swimming strongly she made the opposite shore and there dragged herself out upon the bank to lie panting and spent until the approaching dawn warned her to seek concealment for she was in the country of her people's enemies rising she moved into the concealment of the rank vegetation that grows so riotously in the well-watered cores footnote one i have used the palul dawn word for gorge with the english plural which is not the correct native plural form the latter it seems to me is awkward for us and so i have generally ignored it throughout my manuscript permitting for example coriol jaw to answer for both singular and plural however for the benefit of those who may be interested in such things i may say that the plurals are formed simply for all words in the Don language by doubling the initial letter of the word as kakor gorges pronounced as though written kakor the a having the sound of ah in sofa lions de dawn end of footnote one of paul yuldan hidden amidst the plant life from the sight of any who might chance to pass along the well-beaten trail that skirted the river panetly sought rest and food the latter growing in abundance all about her in the form of fruits and berries and succulent tubers which she scooped from the earth with the knife of the dead esat ah if she had but known that he was dead what trials and risks and terrors she might have been saved but she thought that he still lived and so she dared not return to koryul jaw 
at least not yet while his rage was at white heat later perhaps her father and brothers returned to their cave she might risk it but not now not now nor could she for long remain here in the neighborhood of the hostile Coryul lull and somewhere she must find safety from beasts before the night set in as she sat upon the bole of a fallen tree seeking some solution of the problem of existence that confronted her there broke upon her ears from up the gorge the voices of shouting men a sound that she recognized all too well it was the war-cry of the Coryul lull closer and closer it approached her hiding-place then through the veil of foliage she caught glimpses of three figures fleeing along the trail and behind them the shouting of the pursuers rose louder and louder as they neared her again she caught sight of the fugitives crossing the river below the cataract and again they were lost to sight and now the pursuers came into view shouting koryo lull warriors fierce and implacable forty perhaps fifty of them she waited breathless but they did not swerve from the trail and passed her unguessing that an enemy she lay hid within a few yards of them once again she caught sight of the pursued three wazdan warriors clambering the cliff face at a point where portions of the summit had fallen away presenting a steep slope that might be ascended by such as these suddenly her attention was riveted upon the three could it be oh jad ben otho had she but known a moment before when they passed she might have joined them for they were her father and two brothers now it was too late with bated breath and tense muscles she watched the race would they reach the summit would the coryal lull overhaul them they climbed well but oh so slowly now one lost his footing in the loose shale and slipped back the coryal lull were ascending one hurled his club at the nearest fugitive the great god was pleased with the brother of panatli for he caused the club to fall short of its target and to fall rolling and bounding back upon its owner carrying him from his feet and precipitating him to the bottom of the gorge standing now her hands pressed tight above her golden breastplates panatli watched the race for life now one her older brother reached the summit and clinging there to something that she could not see he lowered his body and his long tail to the father beneath him the latter seizing this support extended his own tail to the son below the one who had slipped back and thus upon a living ladder of their own making the three reached the summit and disappeared from view before the coryal lull overtook them but the latter did not abandon the chase on they went until they too had disappeared from sight and only a faint shouting came down to panatli to tell her that the pursuit continued the girl knew that she must move on at any moment now might come a hunting party combing the gorge for the smaller animals that fed or bedded there behind her were essat and the returning party of koryul lull that had pursued her kin before her across the next ridge was the koryul griff the lair of the terrifying monsters that brought the chill of fear to every inhabitant of pal yul don below her in the valley was the country of the hodan where she could look for only slavery or death here were the koryul lull the ancient enemies of her people and everywhere were the wild beasts that eat the flesh of man for but a moment she debated and then turning her face toward the southeast she set out across the gorge of water toward the koryul griff at least there were no men there as it is now so it was in the beginning back to the primitive progenitor of man which is typified by panat lee and her kind today 
of all the hunters that woman fears man is the most relentless the most terrible to the dangers of man she preferred the dangers of the griff moving cautiously she reached the foot of the cliff at the far side of Coriol lull and here toward noon she found a comparatively easy ascent crossing the ridge she stood at last on the brink of Coriol griff the horror place of the folklore of her race dank and mysterious grew the vegetation below giant trees waved their plumed tops almost level with the summit of the cliff and over all brooded an ominous silence Panat Lee lay upon her belly and stretching over the edge scanned the cliff face below her she could see caves there and the stone pegs which the ancients had fashioned so laboriously by hand she had heard of these in the firelight tales of her childhood and of how the griffs had come from the morasses across the mountains and of how at last the people had fled after many had been seized and devoured by the hideous creatures leaving their caves untenanted for no man living knew how long some said that jad ban otho who has lived forever was still a little boy panat lee shuddered but there were caves and in them she would be safe even from the griffs she found a place where the stone pegs reached to the very summit of the cliff left there no doubt in the final exodus of the tribe when there was no longer need of safeguarding the deserted caves against invasion panat lee clambered slowly down toward the uppermost cave she found the recess in front of the doorway almost identical with those of her own tribe the floor of it though was littered with twigs and old nests and the droppings of birds until it was half choked she moved along to another recess and still another but all were alike in the accumulated filth evidently there was no need in looking further this one seemed large and commodious with her knife she fell to work cleaning away the debris by the simple expedient of pushing it over the edge and always her eyes turned constantly toward the silent gorge where lurked the fearsome creatures of palul don and other eyes were there eyes she did not see but that saw her and watched her every move fierce eyes greedy eyes cunning and cruel they watched her and a red tongue licked flabby pendulous lips they watched her and a half-human brain laboriously evolved a brutish design as in her own coriol jaw the natural springs in the cliff had been developed by the long-dead builders of the caves so that fresh pure water trickled now as it had for ages within easy access to the cave entrances her only difficulty would be in procuring food and for that she must take the risk at least once in two days for she was sure that she could find fruits and tubers and perhaps small animals birds and eggs near the foot of the cliff the last two possibly in the caves themselves thus might she live on here indefinitely she felt now a certain sense of security imparted doubtless by the impregnability of her high-flung sanctuary that she knew to be safe from all the more dangerous beasts and this one from men too since it lay in the abjured coriol griff now she determined to inspect the interior of her new home the sun still in the south lighted the interior of the first apartment it was similar to those of her experience the same beasts and men were depicted in the same crude fashion in the carvings on the walls evidently there had been little progress in the race of wazdan during the generations that had come and departed since coriol griff had been abandoned by men 
of course panat lee thought no such thoughts for evolution and progress existed not for her or her kind things were as they had always been and would always be as they were that these strange creatures have existed thus for incalculable ages it can scarce be doubted so marked are the indications of antiquity about their dwellings deep furrows worn by naked feet in living rock the hollow in the jamb of a stone doorway where many arms have touched in passing the endless carvings that cover oft-times the entire face of a great cliff and all the walls and ceilings of every cave and each carving wrought by a different hand for each is the coat of arms one might say of the adult male who traced it and so panat lee found this ancient cave homelike and familiar there was less litter within than she had found without and what there was was mostly an accumulation of dust beside the doorway was the niche in which wood and tinder were kept but there remained nothing now other than mere dust she had however saved a little pile of twigs from the debris on the porch in a short time she had made a light by firing a bundle of twigs and lighting others from this fire she explored some of the inner rooms nor here did she find aught that was new or strange or any relic of the departed owners other than a few broken stone dishes she had been looking for something soft to sleep upon but was doomed to disappointment as the former owners had evidently made a leisurely departure carrying all their belongings with them below in the gorge were leaves and grasses and fragrant branches but panat lee felt no stomach for descending into that horrid abyss for the gratification of mere creature comfort only the necessity for food would drive her there and so as the shadows lengthened and night approached she prepared to make as comfortable a bed as she could by gathering the dust of ages into a little pile and spreading it between her soft body and the hard floor at best it was only better than nothing but panat lee was very tired she had not slept since two nights before and in the interval she had experienced many dangers and hardships what wonder then that despite the hard bed she was asleep almost immediately she had composed herself for rest she slept and the moon rose casting its silver light upon the cliff's white face and lessening the gloom of the dark forest and the dismal gorge in the distance a lion roared there was a long silence from the upper reaches of the gorge came a deep bellow there was a movement in the trees at the cliff's foot again the bellow low and ominous it was answered from below the deserted village something dropped from the foliage of a tree directly below the cave in which panat lee slept it dropped to the ground among the dense shadows now it moved cautiously it moved toward the foot of the cliff taking form and shape in the moonlight it moved like the creature of a bad dream slowly sluggishly it might have been a huge sloth it might have been a man with so grotesque a brush does the moon paint master cubist slowly it moved up the face of the cliff like a great grubworm it moved but now the moon brush touched it again and it had hands and feet and with them it clung to the stone pegs and raised itself laboriously aloft toward the cave where panat lee slept from the lower reaches of the gorge came again the sound of bellowing and it was answered from above the village tarzan of the apes opened his eyes he was conscious of a pain in his head and at first that was about all 
a moment later grotesque shadows rising and falling focused his arousing perceptions presently he saw that he was in a cave a dozen wazdan warriors squatted about talking a rude stone cresset containing burning oil lighted the interior and as the flame rose and fell the exaggerated shadows of the warriors danced upon the walls behind them they brought him to you alive gund he heard one of them saying because never before was hodan like him seen he has no tail he was born without one for there is no scar to mark where a tail had been cut off the thumbs upon his hands and feet are unlike those of the races of pal yul -don. he is more powerful than many men put together and he attacks with the fearlessness of jaw we brought him alive that you might see him before he is slain the chief rose and approached the ape-man who closed his eyes in feigned unconsciousness he felt hairy hands upon him as he was turned over none too gently the gund examined him from head to foot making comments especially upon the shape and size of his thumbs and great toes with these and no tail he said it cannot climb no agreed one of the warriors it would surely fall even from the cliff pegs i have never seen a thing like it said the chief it is neither wasdan nor hodan i wonder from whence it came and what it is called the koryal jaw shouted aloud tarzan jad guru and we thought that they might be calling this one said a warrior shall we kill it now no replied the chief we will wait until its life returns into its head that i may question it remain here in tan and watch it when it can again hear and speak call me he turned and departed from the cave the others except inton following him as they moved past him and out of the chamber tarzan caught snatches of their conversation which indicated that the koryal jaw reinforcements had fallen upon their little party in great numbers and driven them away evidently the swift feet of idon had saved the day for the warriors of omat the ape-man smiled then he partially opened an eye and cast it upon inton the warrior stood at the entrance to the cave looking out his back was toward his prisoner tarzan tested the bonds that secured his wrists they seemed none too stout and they had tied his hands in front of him evidence indeed that the wazdan took few prisoners if any cautiously he raised his wrists until he could examine the thongs that confined them a grim smile lighted his features instantly he was at work upon the bonds with his strong teeth but ever a wary eye was upon inton the warrior of koryul lul the last knot had been loosened and tarzan's hands were free when inton turned to cast an appraising eye upon his ward he saw that the prisoner's position was changed he no longer lay upon his back as they had left him but upon his side and his hands were drawn up against his face inton came closer and bent down the bonds seemed very loose upon the prisoner's wrists he extended his hand to examine them with his fingers and instantly the two hands leaped from their bonds one to seize his own wrist the other his throat so unexpected the cat-like attack that inton had not even time to cry out before steel fingers silenced him the creature pulled him suddenly forward so that he lost his balance and rolled over upon the prisoner and to the floor beyond to stop with tarzan upon his breast inton struggled to release himself struggled to draw his knife but tarzan found it before him the wazdan's tail leaped to the other's throat encircling it 
he too could choke but his own knife in the hands of his antagonist severed the beloved member close to its root the wazdan's struggles became weaker a film was obscuring his vision he knew that he was dying and he was right a moment later he was dead tarzan rose to his feet and placed one foot upon the breast of his dead foe how the urge seized him to roar forth the victory cry of his kind but he dared not he discovered that they had not removed his rope from his shoulders and that they had replaced his knife in its sheath it had been in his hand when he was felled strange creatures he did not know that they held a superstitious fear of the weapons of a dead enemy believing that if buried without them he would forever haunt his slayers in search of them and that when he found them he would kill the man who killed him against the wall leaned his bow and quiver of arrows tarzan stepped toward the doorway of the cave and looked out night had just fallen he could hear voices from the nearer caves and there floated to his nostrils the odor of cooking food he looked down and experienced a sensation of relief the cave in which he had been held was in the lowest tier scarcely thirty feet from the base of the cliff he was about to chance an immediate descent when there occurred to him a thought that brought a grin to his savage lips a thought that was born of the name the wazdan had given him tarzan jad guru tarzan the terrible and a recollection of the days when he had delighted in baiting the blacks of the distant jungle of his birth he turned back into the cave where lay the dead body of inton with his knife he severed the warrior's head and carrying it to the outer edge of the recess tossed it to the ground below then he dropped swiftly and silently down the ladder of pegs in a way that would have surprised the Coriol lull who had been so sure that he could not climb at the bottom he picked up the head of Inton and disappeared among the shadows of the trees carrying the grisly trophy by its shock of shaggy hair horrible but you are judging a wild beast by the standards of civilization you may teach a lion tricks but he is still a lion tarzan looked well in a tuxedo but he was still a tarmangani and beneath his pleated shirt beat a wild and savage heart nor was his madness lacking in method he knew that the hearts of the Koryu Lull would be filled with rage when they discovered the thing that he had done, and he knew, too, that mixed with the rage would be a leaven of fear, and it was fear of him that made Tarzan master of many jungles. One does not win the respect of the killers with bonbons. Below the village Tarzan returned to the foot of the cliff, searching for a point where he could make the ascent to the ridge and thus back to the village of Omot, the Koryul Jaw. He came at last to a place where the river ran so close to the rocky wall that he was forced to swim it in search of a trail upon the opposite side, and here it was that his keen nostrils detected a familiar spore. It was the scent of Panat Lee at the spot where she had emerged from the pool and taken to the safety of the jungle. Immediately the ape-man's plans were changed. Panat Lee lived, or at least she had lived, after the leap from the cliff's summit he had started in search of her for omat his friend and for omat he would continue upon the trail he had picked up thus fortuitously by accident it led him into the jungle and across the gorge and then to the point at which panat lee had commenced the ascent of the opposite cliffs here tarzan abandoned the head of inton tying it to the lower branch of a tree 
for he knew that it would handicap him in his ascent of the steep escarpment ape-like he ascended following easily the scent spoor of Panat Lee. over the summit and across the ridge the trail lay plain as a printed page to the delicate senses of the jungle-bred tracker tarzan knew naught of the coral griff he had seen dimly in the shadows of the night strange monstrous forms and taden and omat had spoken of great creatures that all men feared but always everywhere by night and by day there were dangers from infancy death had stalked grim and terrible at his heels he knew little of any other existence to cope with danger was his life and he lived his life as simply and as naturally as you live yours amidst the dangers of the crowded city streets the black man who goes abroad in the jungle by night is afraid for he has spent his life since infancy surrounded by numbers of his own kind and safeguarded especially at night by such crude means as lie within his powers but tarzan had lived as the lion lives and the panther and the elephant and the ape a true jungle creature dependent solely upon his prowess and his wits playing a lone hand against creation therefore he was surprised at nothing and feared nothing and so he walked through the strange night as undisturbed and unapprehensive as the farmer to the cow-lot in the darkness before the dawn once more Panat Lee's trail ended at the verge of a cliff but this time there was no indication that she had leaped over the edge and a moment's search revealed to tarzan the stone pegs upon which she had made her descent as he laid upon his belly leaning over the top of the cliff examining the pegs his attention was suddenly attracted by something at the foot of the cliff he could not distinguish its identity but he saw that it moved and presently that it was ascending slowly apparently by means of pegs similar to those directly below him he watched it intently as it rose higher and higher until he was able to distinguish its form more clearly with the result that he became convinced that it more nearly resembled some form of great ape than a lower order it had a tail though and in other respects it did not seem a true ape slowly it ascended to the upper tier of caves into one of which it disappeared then tarzan took up again the trail of Panat Lee. he followed it down the stone pegs to the nearest cave and then further along the upper tier the ape-man raised his eyebrows when he saw the direction in which it led and quickened his pace he had almost reached the third cave when the echoes of coriol griff were awakened by a shrill scream of terror end of chapter five read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com